Hey guys, it's Florence Bradford, and I'm your host of the Learn to Code with Me podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. On the show today, I have Brad Hussey. Brad Hussey is a front-end web developer turned freelancer turned online course creator. In fact, he has over 100,000 students today on Udemy. Insane, right? In our conversation today, we talk about blogging, freelancing, online courses, and passive income. We also talk about how he used to make most of his earnings from freelancing, and now he actually makes most of it from online courses. Brad even shares advice at the end about how you can get started making your own online courses. I really enjoyed talking to Brad, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Let's dive right in. Hey guys, I'm here today with Brad Hussey. Brad, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. So for people in the audience who maybe don't know who you are, could you give them a little bit of an introduction? Yes, definitely. My name is Brad Hussey, as you now know. Uh, I grew up in a small town in subarctic Canada, so way up there. Uh, I'm a father of two kids. They have a three-year-old girl and a six-month-old boy. I am a musician turned freelance web developer turned entrepreneur. And I run a home-based business, pay my bills with freelancing, uh, and I supplement my income with online courses and blogging. Awesome. So what I love about you is that you teach others how to code and you have courses on Udemy. You now have your own platform, Code College. And I'm super excited to see everything that you do looking forward. Uh, But to kind of backtrack a bit, you studied web design in college, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. And then after that, you did have a full-time job for a bit. Yes. So yeah, I, I, in uh, 2009, I enrolled in a college program for interactive design and web design and all that sort of stuff. And um, right out of school, basically the first year, within the first couple months, actually, I kind of hit the ground running, started, I really loved what I was doing in in school. I had known nothing before that. I had I had no experience with web design or development or anything like that. So this was a totally new experience, but within a couple months, I'd learned so much and I'd kind of taken initiative to learn outside of uh, the, the class as well. So that uh, I was able to start freelancing within a couple months of actually learning the basics. Um, and then after graduating, I was almost immediately, um, immediately afterwards, I was hired as a front-end developer at a local agency, which was really cool um, because up until then, I'd only worked kind of Joe jobs with no real purpose. And so this job kind of felt more like a career uh, with, you know, it had a nice vibe and some cool people. We made espresso, drank beer and <laughs> built cool things. Um, but ultimately, um, I started to realize that being an employee wasn't actually for me because I started to hate getting up to and going to work, rush hour commute, sitting at the desk and ultimately building somebody else's business. So um, only a year into working full-time, I actually quit uh, working full-time to start freelancing full-time. Uh, and I was smart because I left the good on the job on good terms uh, by negotiating to work remotely as uh, their front end developer until they found a replacement. So that was actually that helped me when, when I started freelancing by segueing a little bit more seamlessly by actually having a, a steady work. Nice, nice. I didn't know you were there for that long. One year, okay. 
you, so you left there and then you were still kind of working for them uh, while they were finding a replacement from home. And then you began freelancing again. Yes. Yeah. So uh, right, right throughout the whole thing, I was actually freelancing. And the reason why I thought that I could quit wasn't so much because I, uh, I hated being an employee. And although that was very much the case, um, it was, I was, I was also freelancing ever since school. So 2009, uh, I was, I've been freelancing uh, alongside school and alongside uh, working full time. And then it got to the point where I got so busy that I would be working full time nine to five. And in reality, it was more like eight to six thirty. And I get home, spend a couple hours with my wife and, and then I'd work until like one in the morning on my freelance stuff, which, wow. uh, which was just like burning the candle at both ends. And it got to the point where, where I realized that, um, I can't do both. And one of them is going to have to go. And for me, I, I hated being an employee so much and I didn't see myself growing, uh, as an employee, uh, at, at all, whereas I saw, you know, the potential in freelancing. And so I chose that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I can totally relate. I don't like being an employee either. And yeah. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of people feel that way, but then there's been some times, especially with, um, more of the short-term projects where I'll do them and they'll be really satisfying and rewarding, but it's only for a limited amount of time. You know, it's not the whole nine to five and, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, the morning commute and all that stuff. Yeah. I can't, yeah. 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 <laughs> not no fun. Um, so <laughs> when did you start blogging then and creating courses? I started blogging, uh, basically when I started full-time freelancing, which was, uh, September, 2012. And, I had my bradhussey.ca website for a long time before then. I had it initially for uh, my music. I write and record music, so that was my way of sharing my music. Um, but I, blo- I started actually blogging kind of what, what the site, uh, closer to what the site is now um, in September 2012, mostly about, at the time, it was about min- minimalism and traveling with a baby, living kind of living meaningfully, quitting your full time job to kind of follow your dreams, sort of sort of theme. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in in the uh, first few months of freelancing, I had a uh, particularly bad month where I only earned about seven hundred and eight dollars, which scared me a bit. So I was blogging about all of these sorts of experiences um, that ultimately led up to um, creating courses to supplement my freelancing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, then I searched uh, for a way to earn money to supplement those low periods. What I like to call, I like to call this the uh, bridging the valley because with freelancing, you have uh, mountains and valleys in mm-hmm. terms of income. So I would, at, at some points, you know, you don't have your week, your monthly or your biweekly paycheck. You get paid when you finish a project. And that could be, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the month, it could be three months and so at the very first, it was a little bit hard because, you know, I had to finish projects before I got paid. And so with these valleys, that's where, you know, you don't really make any money because you are waiting to get paid for projects. Uh, that $708 month wasn't enough to pay for rent, uh, although we, we had money saved up to pay for rent. But it was just something that kind of scared me because we were just about to have a baby. And that's when I realized, you know, I need to figure out a way to bridge that valley, so to speak, uh, because I can't, I cannot do that anymore. You know, especially if we're growing a family, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. So then, when I uh, searched for how to kind of supplement my income, 
I wanted to kind of teach what it, what it is that I uh, knew, but online. And then I came across Udemy.com uh, and then created my first course, launched it in January 2013. And, and that's kind of been, that was the very beginning of me starting teaching coding online. Wow. Okay. So 2013, January 2013 was the first time you created a Udemy course. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, no, that's really awesome. And I loved what you said about supplementing the valleys. And I feel like so many people can relate if you're doing any kind of freelancing or, um, you know, contract work or anything that's not a full-time job, you can have these really awesome months. And then you can have these months where you're, you know, you're in just like panic. I can totally relate. I've, yeah. I, I've had a few more of those panic months than I would like to admit. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm actually going through a time where I just had a little bit of a panic month. And now mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'm getting these checks in and I'm sort of like relaxing, but <laughs> bracing myself and trying to be better prepared for, um, the future. So, yeah. so do you still do client work today? Yeah, I, I do, uh, definitely do. I still do client work, but I get to be, uh, a lot more selective now because, um, as you would know, um, I, at the beginning, I would just accept anything and everything that came my way, mm-hmm. whether it was a hundred dollar job or even, I would even send invoices for like $30 for, for just random tasks, you know, fixing their email client or something like yeah. that. I would literally take anything and everything. <laughs> um, but my online courses, um, my online course business requires a ton of my time at this point. And then the income generated from these courses and from that side of the business affords me the um, ability to only take on projects that I really want to work on. And so at the very beginning, you know, freelancing was. 95% of my, I mean, it was 100% of my income. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I launched that first course in January 2013, you know, I was only making a couple hundred bucks here and there from the course, but it was still, you know, for me, I, I get, you know, a deposit from my, from that month of my online course. And I say, like, that pays for my gas this month. Or, you know, and then it turned into, wow, that pays for groceries and gas. And then it turned into, wow, that pays for rent to like, like, you know, I, this just pays for everything. And my freelancing stuff, you know, was still paying for the bills and everything like it was before. But the online course kind of business, as I started adding more courses and getting more students and kind of gaining popularity, uh, it, it took off in a way that it's enabled me the freedom to be completely selective and take on client work that, you know, I don't, I don't take on like, those small little gigs anymore because I realize after doing this for a few years full time that there's a ton of time wasted in the preparation for a, a job and it doesn't matter what job it could be a thirty dollar gig or it could be a thirty thousand dollar gig the the preparation is still the same you still have to get in the headspace you know open up your software take out your notebook or whatever it is you're doing and kind of get there and then you're working on it and then you know there's the kind of coming down from that as well so. Whether you're working on a massive project or a $30 project, you're still wasting time or preparing before and afterwards. And so um, I don't take on those small gigs because I can better use my time to either work on my courses, improve my courses, or uh, work on getting larger clients. Uh, projects. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is when you're doing uh, client work, you're getting... 
Well, okay. There's a whole thing of, you know, different pricing strategies. We're not going to get into that, but essentially Mm. you're getting paid for your time. Whereas when you're doing something like courses, you can create the course once and you can be getting, you know, earning from it months, even years uh, down the line. Yeah. So, yeah. So nowadays, like, because you said that early on, it was kind of like 95% of your income would be coming from uh, freelance or client work. And then about 5% from courses. Uh, Now, is it kind of like switched? Is it most is coming from courses and lesser is coming from uh, client work? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, it's completely flipped around. And since then, since January, 2013, from literally just putting out my first course and having, you know, a few students on Udemy, um, as of like up to now, kind of my, I can look back on my 2015 and my entire business breakdown was um, 80% was from online courses. And this is in terms of income. So 80% of my income was from online courses. Um, 16% was from freelancing. 3% was from affiliate marketing. And 1% was from advertising revenue, like, you know, ads on my YouTube videos or things like that. Oh, so that's interesting. So, sorry, uh, 80% from courses, 16% from freelancing, uh, 3% from affiliate marketing, and then 1% from ads. So basically, like you said, um, like YouTube ads or something. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that that's really, that's really interesting to hear. That's crazy. And it's also crazy that um, YouTube ads get so little because I know your videos get like thousands of views. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this before from people, um, not necessarily in the tech space or the web development space, but how to really make anything significant on YouTube, um, but with through that through the ads, you can um, optionally, you know, put on for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar. uh, You have to have like millions and millions to make anything significant. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, um, (laughs) that's kind of what I realized as well, because for, for me, YouTube wasn't ever a channel for me that was, I, I mean, before January 2013, I didn't have an audience. I just had some clients for freelancing. But mm-hmm. um, when I started doing online courses, I kind of, I was opened up to this whole new world of, of online business and passive income and um, creating courses and products and all this sort of stuff. And um, my wife actually suggested, this was the following year in January 2014, to put one of my one of my courses, one of my my full kind of high quality paid courses on YouTube for free. Um, and I thought she was kind of, um, I thought that was a little bit crazy at first because, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, people are paying for this. If I just pull this, like I'm not going to make money from it anymore. And why would I just put it on YouTube for free? Um, and her, her reasoning was, um, well, she's a photographer and she learned how to be a photographer from free videos on YouTube. And she passionately followed a specific few uh, instructors mm-hmm. who created these tutorials. And she said, if they put out something paid, you know, then I would buy that. That's, I, I really uh, valued what these people created for free. And um, I think you can kind of create almost some sort of, you know, a big following from doing that. And at this point, I only had a few hundred subscribers, if any, maybe I only had 50 mm-hmm. on, on YouTube because I didn't, I didn't have anything on there other than a couple of random videos of me playing music or something like that. And um, I put this course out for free. And since then, my YouTube channel, and I put a couple other things on there as well, but my YouTube channel has grown to over 16,000 people, wow. subscribers. Wow. So, so, and with that, with that, like this grows, and it grows insanely every single week. 
But the revenue that's generated from advertising revenue is, um, I realized, you know, um, so small mm-hmm. and and um, insignificant that trying to grow a YouTube channel to get money from Google ads or YouTube ads is pointless because, you know, you could put a ton of work and you can have, you know, I think I'd worked out the math that if I had 100,000 subscribers and maybe I'd be able to, to like um, supplement some of my rent, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, and that's like right now I'm at 16,000 and I feel like I'm doing crazy well. Yeah, um, yeah. But, so it's not about the getting advertising revenue from that. It's more so about the traffic because I get a ton of traffic to my YouTube channels, uh, to my YouTube channel and my videos. And a lot of those people who watch my videos follow through to my website and then subscribe to my blog, subscribe to my newsletter. And then that kind of uh, puts them through a number of different channels where they'll eventually come across my courses and then hopefully become a customer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, I I don't know the exact statistics, but YouTube is like the second or third biggest search engine in the world, the first being Google. So people will go to YouTube for search for things and then, you know, your videos will appear and then they'll get to know you and, you know, exactly go back to your website and um, hopefully become customers or uh, course buyers in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a really good mindset to have. Um, It's great for putting out the free content and getting yourself introduced to people, but maybe not, you know, to be taken as like a serious form of revenue or to put too much time or effort into uh, building the ads or, or the revenue from the ads on there. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, and we've used this word a few times, but I know there's some people listening who probably aren't familiar with it. Passive income. Could you explain like quickly what that is? Yeah. uh, Passive income is a revenue stream that consistently generates money and requires very little ongoing management, which is different from uh, say active income, which, which is what most people have. Um, which means that the income you earn is directly tied to your time. So if you work 40 hours, you'll get paid for 40 hours of, of work. And with passive income, you typically do all the work up front, like create a course or a product or an ebook or whatever it is. And then once you have that stream running, you essentially earn income in your sleep. So it sounds like you started doing this in January 2013, right? Like the Udemy course would have been kind of the first foray with, uh, with uh, the passive income. Yeah. Okay, got it. So I'm so I'm curious. So you started okay, January 2013. How long did it take you to start making anything kind of tangible from these passive income streams? So the so you know the courses or you know YouTube ads or what have you. Well, January 2013 was the first course and I kind of uh that was I had that course out for a couple months before I created a free course that got me more students that it was able that I was able to promote, you know, another paid course, you know, the following couple months. So in 2013, I really, really hustled to get um, established. Mm-hmm. And so at the very beginning, um, I mean, thankfully, and really, it was really awesome. It was probably the most rewarding online income I've ever made, even though it was so small at first. It was it was very small at the beginning. Uh, just like I said, just enough to kind of pay for gas and things like that. Um, but by the end of 2013, my um, online business with courses uh, specifically and on YouTube and everything like that was earning the equivalent of my freelancing income and and obviously has since kind of dwarfed that and become 80% of my business. So it was really within 2013 that I literally went from zero to hero, so to speak, um, 
And I know that that's a little bit fast. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say, you know, create your first online course and within the first year you'll be supplementing 100% of your income and you'll be good to go. That's not necessarily, yeah. I think, the success story <laughs> of everyone. And I know some people, it's even, it's even uh, more significant. And I know other people, it's a really, really slow and slow growth. Um, but for me, it was 2013 was like my my launch, so to speak. Yeah, and I think this is just kind of my opinion um, on you and everything that you do. I feel like you're really good in front of the camera and you're just really good at teaching and um, doing the videos. So you started off doing that. Like you didn't, it's, you didn't, you know, experiment with an ebook or experiment with, you know, all these other things. You kind of went right there and it's something you were naturally good at. And the course, you know, as a result took off and, you know, was successful and you built more and got more students. So, um, you know, I do different things, types of passive income as well. And for me, it was definitely more of a, um, lots of trial and error, lots of trial and Mm -hmm. error and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, lots of frustration and it definitely took me a pretty long time. But I think like the point is, even though you kind of, I think that you, you know, went into a good market right away or you you went on a good medium uh, for you, like the videos, it still took you a year to Mm -hmm. be earning the same that you were, that you were as, um, freelancing. So I think the thing with passive income is it's really awesome, but it's definitely not a quick win. Definitely a year is a long time. And for me, I think that was expedited because I was also freelancing. So my time was my own. So when I woke up and started working at eight or nine in the morning, you know, I would do my client project, which, you know, hopefully I'd have something in place to pay the bills that month. Cause if I can get one or two projects, then I'd be good, good for the month. And then I could spend the rest of the time working on my course. So for other people who are working, you know, as employees in nine to five jobs or eight to six or whatever it is, and then you come home, you have families and stuff, you don't really have as much time. And you only maybe have a couple hours in the evening or an hour or two in the morning or on the weekend to kind of get something done. But for me, I had an abundance of that time because I was working from home as well. Yeah, that's a really good point that um, you had, you know, a more flexible schedule at the time. You were already freelancing, so it was a little bit easier to, um, or you had more time to kind of move into that direction and do the online courses and all of that good stuff. For sure. Um, So kind of on that note, do you think that this kind of passive income, so whether it's ads on, you know, a website, um, affiliate marketing, which, oh, I guess we should maybe say what that is as well, because there may be some people. So essentially affiliate marketing is um, promoting someone else's products and then earning a commission from the sales. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That you refer. Do you think that's something that everyone should take advantage of? Or do you think it's maybe a better question is anyone who's interested in exploring passive income is it like a viable option for everyone? Um, I would like to say yes, um, to kind of be like super optimistic and say, <laughs> you know, everyone should, because this is all money is on the table. It's yeah. um, uh, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. Uh, Both yeah, big fans. He, Both big yeah, fans of him. big fan. <laughs> um, he, um, he once said in a podcast, I think it was in an Ask Pat podcast, he said, you know, it, uh, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but it was, it was basically, you know, because of how many people are online, um, if you think that you can't, out of the millions and millions and millions of people online, if you think you can't sell, you know, a thousand of those on your course or your product or yourself, then you're crazy. Because, you know, maybe if you live in a small town and you're trying to open up a shoe shining store or, you know, a dress shop or whatever it is, 
um, you have a limited amount of people in that small town mm-hmm. and you know the odds are against you. But with a global market, with the internet, everybody's online. Uh, and if you don't think that you can sell you know, even a few hundred people on your thing, then you're crazy because they're just there and there's more than enough to go around. So I would like to say yes, that, you know, everyone should take advantage of this because it's there. But the reality is um, most people aren't action takers and they just kind of sit around hoping for something to happen. Um, And I've been telling, you know, my friends and uh, colleagues to create an online course ever since I made my first uh, dollar or hundred dollars online. And and usually, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, that's a really great idea. I'll look into that. And I'll even say, you know, you're really good at this. You should create a course on this. And I've, mm-hmm. I've done this already and I know it works. And like, it's been amazing. It's changed my life, even though it only pays for gas right now. Like, I think it's, I think I'm onto something. I think you should try it out too. Uh, and then, you know, they'll say, yeah, that's awesome. I think I should check that out. And then nothing ever comes of it. They don't ever do anything about it because they don't take action. And so, uh, last year, I finally convinced a couple friends of mine to create uh, some guest courses for me at CodeCollege.ca, and now they're legitimately earning passive income from those courses. And they their eyes have been opened, and they're already working on new stuff. So, <laughs> I used to feel envious or jealous uh, of successful entrepreneurs when I wasn't really doing well, or I was a full time employee, and I'd see these people doing really well or doing what they loved, and then I kind of adopted the why them and not me sort of attitude, um, sort of attributing their success to uh, to luck. But when I started freelancing and I kind of took my, I guess, freedom and my fate into my own hands uh, and I kind of took my time back, I changed my mindset to how can I do that too rather than why them, not me. And then I actively started taking small steps towards my goals and I realized that you know achieving success isn't about luck or you know, luck of the draw, but it's about hustling and taking massive action every single day. So yes, people should be taking advantage of these things, of passive income, of creating kind of their own online business based in their own little niche because there's room for everybody and mm-hmm. there's an audience for everybody. But, but most people aren't action takers. And um, you could give somebody an idea, you could lay it out for them and say, this is what you should do. This is how you should do it. This is where you should do it. This is all the stuff that you need to know how to do, um, and it's going to work for you. And then they still won't do something mm-hmm. with it because they're an action taker. So that just makes it better for those of us who actually hustle and take action. So <laughs> because uh, you have all these people who want to do something, but you know they don't. So so that's kind of what I have to say about that. Yeah, no, no, you're definitely right. I can definitely relate by um, you know suggesting to my friends and not even in the tech space at all, like other interests that they may have. Um, Hey, you know what? You can make money from that online. You can, you know, you know, social media. And every industry has different ways to make passive income. Maybe it's not courses, but maybe it's promoting um, different kinds of like uh, makeup or hair. Like these uh, fashion YouTubers and bloggers, that they'll make, you know, they can earn a ton of money. But again, yeah, it's taking action and putting the work because no matter what. Um, I think it's definitely hard work. Like creating your own course online is not easy. You have to do the videos, there's editing, you have to think about, you know, the sound and and then mm-hmm. screencasting in itself, talking while you're, you know, um, moving around the screen. I feel like that's challenging. That's that's something I'm not very good at. But yeah, so no matter what, I think it is kind of kind of difficult. That's why I feel like the the term passive income could be a little bit misleading, but 
the idea is you can do something once and then you can kind of sell it well into the future. Now you can do something once and it won't go well Mm -hmm. and maybe you won't sell any of it. (laughs) Yeah. So then you just wasted a lot of time. But on the other side, you know, you could spend 10 hours creating something and it could earn, you know, $50,000 or more over the course of a year or two. So Mm -hmm. it's just... Yeah, there's there's a way more to go into that than what we're you know than what we're saying, but yeah, oh yeah. for sure, yeah, yeah, and I know I, I know I keep learning a ton. I, I know you are as well uh, with your courses and just you know how to keep growing them and then evolving. But I just I abs- just like you, you know, I absolutely love this stuff, and I think it's so it's so exciting that you know we can do these things from the luxury of our own home and. Um, just really take control and, you know, with our fate and our freedom, as you said before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the biggest part. And um, yeah, you know, you take risks to, uh, to kind of try and set up these passive income streams. Um, But, uh, and, and yeah, you know, passive income, I feel like to actually create uh, a solid source of passive income, it's like the hardest work you'll ever do at first. And then, and then you put all that hard work in up front and then, you kind of set it and forget it, so to speak, and it can make money forever. Mm-hmm. For you know, like for years, for years, for years, and that's what my that first course is still makes me money. Um, yeah. Wow. Wait. What was I'm sorry. What was your first course? The first course it was called PST to HTML5 and CSS3, and I okay. basically just taught people how to kind of uh, slice and dice a PSD or Photoshop document mm-hmm. and uh, code it into like a, uh, a modern HTML5 and CSS3 web page. Wow. And you made it in 2013. It's still making you money in 2016. Yep. Wow. That's, yep. That's awesome. That's like, that's like the, that's like, you know, a great like scenario of affiliate marketing because, you know, again, that you can make something and it won't necessarily earn you money, say it could kind of flop. And there's a ton of stories, you know, from other people. I know we both listen to similar podcasts who they'll try to make a product and then no one will buy it. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but you had great luck, right? You got on Udemy and then now you have a huge Udemy following. You have like over a hundred thousand students, right? Yeah. I had a hundred and uh, I think 35 or 40,000 wow. at this point. Jeez. Yeah. That's just like, that's just insane. That's like bigger than like. Literally, that's bigger than the town I live in. I live in a town right outside of uh, Boston. It's only like I think like fifty thousand. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I grew up in a town of seventeen thousand people. So so when I see that number, and I imagine all of those people in like uh, standing in my hometown, I don't even think they'd fit fit in in there. So it was, it's really cool to see and kind of humbling, um, which holds me accountable to make sure I create. Um, you know, keep creating good stuff because when I first started, it was just, okay, this is what I know. And I think this is going to be really cool. And it was less about like, hmm, what do people want? And did I validate this idea? You know, I just kind of put something together. I did the best I could. I, I figured out the steps as I went, put it out there. And, you know, ever since then, I've incrementally and well, massively kind of improved my process. And at this point, the production quality is superior. I look at that first course and I, I'm embarrassed to just <laughs> see and hear it, but it's still adding value to people. So that's what's cool about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can totally relate. Well, not so much for videos, but with blog posts I wrote a long time ago, I'll go back and I'm just like cringe. I'm just, you know, like turning red in embarrassment. I'm like, how? I was like, what was I doing back then? But you know what? That's actually a really good sign because it shows that you're improving, you know? So I think it's good if you, you know, look back on whatever you did a year or two, three ago and, um, you know, just can see improvement. Yeah, exactly. See improvement. So we're running out of time here, but I want to ask just, you know, quickly, if 
there are people listening that want to start making their own courses, maybe on mm-hmm. Udemy, maybe somewhere else. Is there any kind of advice you could share? Uh, yeah. First, the first thing you should do is set a goal and it needs to be uh, really big, like insanely big uh, to you. And that's relative. Uh, it's very specific and time bound. So uh, for example, it could be something like earn $500 from my online course by December, 2016. And this is better than saying, you know, create an online course because it's not time bound or, or very big uh, or specific. And, you know, you're, you're never going to get around to it. But if it's specific, you're going to hold yourself accountable. If it's large, you're going to figure out how to kind of um, jump over the inevitable hurdles that you'll come across. And time-bound, it, um, it means it's going to kind of light the fire under your butt to make sure you get that done. So that's the first thing. Set a big, specific, and time-bound goal. Um, and then, in terms of actual uh, steps and technical things to kind of help you expedite the process, um, subscribe to teachable.com. They're super great. They used to be called Use Fedora, and basically, mm-hmm. it's a platform that lets you create your online courses. Um, the reason why I say that is because they are a resource for creating online courses. They have a bunch of uh, resources, downloads, blog posts, and they uh, really help you get started with online courses. And I really wish I would have had access to that material when I started. Uh, it probably would have made my one year to six months. Wow. That's how that's how good this stuff is. So, uh, Teachable.com. Um, subscribe to them. Uh, also follow people like um, Ramit Sethi, um, Smart Passive Income, um, Nathan Berry, and Video Fruit. These specific blogs uh, are like uh, four blogs that I really follow because they really help me out for creating online courses and products and um, validating ideas. And mm-hmm. they're really technical and they're going to go into a lot of detail rather than just um, inspirational stuff, which is good. But it's like here's how to do this. Here's how to set this up. Here's how to make this work. Here's how to make money. Here's how to get your first 100 subscribers, blah, 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 blah. So that sort of stuff. Um, I would also say follow my blog as well because I share my journey with um, not only you know, creating online courses, but showing how I do it and, and my process and, and then my lifestyle that kind of comes as a byproduct of all this sort of stuff. And I try and help people figure out how that they can kind of um, do the same because I'm not big like Ramit Sethi or Nathan Barry or uh, you know smart passive income like Pat Flynn. I just kind of like uh, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm down in the trenches with everybody. I just feel like I kind of get to have a little bit of a, a a louder voice, and I kind of feel like I get to speak for all these people who are really just trying to make it work. Um, sign up for a Teachable account; it's free. That's where you can create your online courses. Also, sign up for Udemy.com. Um, uh, I want you to sign up for both because obviously Udemy is really great for me and it still is really great for me. Uh, but it's important that you also sign up for Teachable because that's kind of a thing where you can create your own thing, grow your own list, and have your own audience. Whereas Udemy is kind of rented ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then spend a considerable amount of time soaking up as much information as possible about starting an online course with all those resources that I just mentioned. And then literally hustle and take massive daily action and make leaps and bounds of progress every single day. When I started doing this, I was I was dreaming. Like I was literally dreaming about, you know, course ideas or what my lecture was going to be or, you know, where I could find this or how I could do that and I was, you know, setting really big goals. So, yeah, those are the things. Big goals, uh, a bunch of resources there. I'm sure you'll kind of add those to your show notes. Yes, definitely. I'll be giving the show notes link um, at the end. But thank yeah. you so much, Brad. Uh, where can people find you online? 
Uh, my home base for everything is bradhussey.ca, and I'm in the midst of of launching a brand new version of the site. So hopefully by the time this is out, we'll have a, a nice uh, a nice new kind of home base nice. for me online. But bradhussey.ca, that's where I am. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have this all in the show notes. Thanks so much, Brad, for talking today. My absolute pleasure. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Again, you can access all the resources mentioned in this episode at learn to code with me forward slash six. That's just the number six. When you go there, there's also a special 25% discount to Code College. That's Brad's new learning site. This discount is just for learn to code with me podcast listeners. In the interview today, we talked a lot about passive income and ways to make money online. In my opinion, one of the best ways to get started doing this is through blogging. That's why I put together a special guide on how to get started as a blogger. You can download it at learn to code with me forward slash blogging. The guide is absolutely free and it'll show you how to start a blog, what to write about, different ways that you can attract people to your site and more. Again, the URL where you can download that is at learntocodewith.me forward slash blogging. Again, I just want to say thank you for tuning in today. It really means a lot. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford, and I'll see you next time on the Learn to Code with Me podcast. Thanks.